What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 32 of the Deep Ball Gridiron Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Palillo, joined, of course, by my co-host, Corey Lichtman. Core, it's been a couple weeks now. We discussed tight ends our last time. The offseason keeps progressing, and we're getting close to the season, man. I think in, like, what is it, two weeks, I think, now? We're going to have preseason football, so we're almost there, man. We're almost there. Yeah, I think August 5th is uh, Cowboys versus Steelers. Steelers. Yeah, yeah, first game, so... Yeah, it's off-season. It's felt like a long time, but yeah, it's, uh, we're almost there, almost at the start of the season, and uh, I mean, we haven't stopped. I mean, a little bit more, little, like maybe an episode every week and a half, but you know, still getting our off-season content in, and uh, yeah, ready to get another episode under our belt. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, in about, like, I'd say the middle of August, we'll start getting back into weekly episodes, for sure. Maybe even two a week, if, we, if we're feeling that crazy. I'll start covering college football a little bit more. We'll get a nice preview of the college football season episode coming up. But we got to finish up our position, Jeff. We've done receivers. We've done tight ends. We're going to do running backs today in about two weeks, or a week and a half, let's say. We're going to draft a whole defense and stuff like that. I got another guy coming on, too. It'll be a real good episode. And then finally, we'll leave off with the quarterbacks. And then we'll get started into our season preview. But listen... Even though we're doing our running backs today, we got to run down the league news. You feel me? We'll start with our main story. I mean, we don't really got a main story. We're going to run through these pretty quick. Aaron Rodgers, we're not going to get too much into him today. We'll get into him more when we draft quarterbacks and stuff like that. He did reject the Green Bay Packers offer that would have made him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL currently. I believe it was for an additional two years on his contract to make it five. It could have been an additional three years. doesn't matter. Aaron Rodgers, he's saying it's not about the money. I feel like we both – have known that it's not about the money and the standoff continues. And it's just, I, I wonder, I honestly wonder how it's going to end. I really, if you told me in March, I would have been like, ah, oh, Rogers will play or, or April Rogers is going to play, end up playing with the Packers. But as we get closer, I mean, it looks uh, like less likely. I still think ultimately he takes, he, ta- he steps on the field as a Packer, but I don't know. How do you feel about this? See, uh, this is turning my, my viewpoint a little bit. I know a few weeks ago, we did an episode, and I was like, I got 100% confidence. This guy, Aaron Rodgers, he's going to be in a Packers uniform week one when they take on the Saints. But, you know, now, like, I don't know. I'm starting to get a little worried about about this uh, relationship between Rodgers and the Packers because, I don't know, Rodgers just seems like he's, like, joking around, honestly. Like, this guy's just enjoying life right now. He's like, And he's just rejecting offers, not showing up to anything. So I'm starting to think uh, – I mean, I, I'm not really sold now that he's going to be there week one. I think if you're the Packers right now, you got to start getting Jordan Love some major reps. And pre- right now, you got to be preparing for him to be your week one starter at this point, in my opinion, just because Rodgers is not not bugging in. And I don't know if it's not about the money. He just it's I think he's just trying to say, like, he he's done with this organization. I mean, they, they made it to the NFC championship game. Last year, we're really close to the Super Bowl, but I guess he's just, it seems like he's done with this organization. So I think at this point, you got to be getting uh, Jordan Love as much reps as possible and preparing for him right now to be your week one starter. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the biggest thing right now. Get Jordan Love ready because um, who knows, who knows, like they really can't control Rodgers at this point. Rodgers is his own independent guy right now. He's doing his own thing. And when he wants to come back, he'll come back. So yeah, like I said, we'll definitely get into this especially in a couple of weeks and and as time goes uh, more guys are reporting and everything uh it'll watch we'll call it hopefully we'll get some clarity with this like that but i mean talk about a reigning mvp not taking the field the next year that would be pretty crazy another guy that we'll mention 
Uh, Richard Sherman had a little bit of an off-the-field incident. This was last Thursday, I want to say. This was now. Um, he was, like, charged with five different uh, charges or stuff like that. Uh, hoping for the best for Richard Sherman. I know he was still a free agent technically now. I thought for sure he was going to end up with the Jets, honestly. I thought it was a good fit with Robert Sala going there. Maybe he could be a veteran leader in that clubhouse, give them uh, kind of an identity in the locker room. But, uh, yeah, I'm wishing for the best for Richard Sherman. I think this may be um, – might set him back in 2021. I don't know now. He, he did put something on Instagram, too, that he's like, it's been a rough uh, couple months and stuff like that. Sherman, always one of those polarizing figures. But, I mean, got – guy's an unbelievable football player better man off the field so we just i'm sending my best to richard sherman hopefully he can figure out uh this stuff and hopefully he's back in the league because i would not want sherman i think like i said i think he might take a little time off now maybe it wouldn't be surprised maybe if he doesn't play the season maybe maybe the first half of the season i don't know but uh yeah hoping for the best for sherman yeah no richard sherman like this this incident did not sound very richard sherman-esque that's um it's a little weird to see this. I know I saw, like, the video. I mean, he, he did get a little violent, uh, but, I mean, I don't think, like, it was as bad as, as like, as it was, like, set, like made out and, accu- mm-hmm. like, accused of. But, yeah, no, I didn't see his Instagram, but, like, you're saying, rough couple months. And, yeah, I also thought he was going to go to the Jets with Robert Sala at the time, but he's already 33. And, uh, yeah, hopefully Richard Sherman back in the league at, at some point this year, maybe next year, but. Yeah, he's definitely not the same player he was with uh, with Seattle and, the, and that defense. But, I mean, he'd still be a very valuable player to, to a defense and to a team as a whole. So, yeah, wishing for, wishing for the best for the guy. I mean, yeah, he gave San Francisco a couple of real good seasons. Definitely was a pro bowler there. I believe he even made an all-pro team the year that they went to the Super Bowl. Uh, obviously, Sherman, never the fastest corner. So, really, really with age, I don't think it's going to be, like, too hard of an adjustment. Obviously, he's going to have to, like – it does knock some teams out. Obviously, a team that plays heavy man probably isn't going to go. Isn't going to go Siren determine. He's got his ball into a team that plays a lot of cover three that he can kind of read the quarterback's eyes and do that because he's been so good at that for so long. But yeah, like I said, I hope the next time we're talking about Sherman, it's about that he got signed onto a team, not that potentially he's retiring. We we wished too many guys away this offseason. Core can't do it again. A uh, guy who used to be Richard Sherman's teammate, actually, used to be in the center of that San Francisco 49ers defense. Fred Warner just got extended today. We're recording on Wednesday. Five years, $95 million to become the highest paid linebacker in the league. Uh, Darius Leonard is up for a contract extension. Uh, there's rumors that maybe he'll pass Fred Warner in terms of value. But personally, I think Fred Warner is arguably, if not one with Bobby Wagner, he's like 1B, if you ask me. I think he is a, a hair above Darius Leonard. Uh, another rangy linebacker who can cover. And again, that San Francisco 49ers defense, even last year when their record wasn't so good, I mean, their defense was still a very good unit. And Warner, like I said, sideline to sideline linebacker, the leader of that defense. He was a third round pick. So it's a good story for Warner. And uh, I know we said that we're drafting defenses uh, next episode. He'll for sure be on my radar to be the center of my defense. Now, yeah, Fred Warner uh, got, got the bag. Well deserved. He's uh, yeah, he's played three seasons in the NFL at BYU, and hasn't missed a game. So very durable player out there. Started all of them, and he's had over 100 uh, combined tackles in all three seasons. So production has uh, spoke for it on the field, and uh, yeah, he gets he's gonna get he's getting the bag now. But I mean, probably Darius Leonard, since this guy gets five for 95, they might say when Leonard's up, he'll get like five for 100 just to like so he gets the new. 
the new most. But yeah, now Fred Warner, definitely a great young linebacker in this league and hopefully for years to come. Yeah, I don't want to slight Darius Leonard too. Darius Leonard's an unbelievable linebacker. I think those three are safely your top three linebackers right now, interior linebackers in the NFL. But uh, yeah, Fred Warner, like I said, hats off to him and hats off to San Francisco kind of um, like developing him. I mean, now you've hit on Kittle, who is a fifth round pick who ends up signing a huge contract from the tight end position. And now Fred Warner on the defensive side of the ball, again, a third round pick. You know what I mean? That's not like one of your premium draft picks. So maybe John John Lynch does know what he's doing there. So hopefully those guys, I mean, obviously Kittle and Warner are going to be like faces of that team for the next half decade, along with hopefully Trey Lance in their case. Trent Williams also just signed a big deal there. So the 49ers are looking to bounce back this year. I assume that they will too. Hopefully they'll be in better health because uh, I'm a big fan of Kyle Shanahan's. And uh, yeah, I think that, I think they're honestly uber talented. They're, they're, they're very good team. Excuse me. But Let's move into another NFC West team. And unfortunately, as much as I'd like to talk positive about this team, as much as I always do talk positive about this team, they were hit with some unfortunate news this past Tuesday, I believe it was. Cam Akers tore his Achilles in training camp. He will be out for the season. Corey, I'll start with you first. What was your instant reaction when you got that alert on your phone? Yeah, I actually saw that and I was like, no, like that's just a heartbreaking news. Achilles, very, uh, very tough injury. I know, uh, Akers already saying he'll be back. He's in good spirits, which is good to hear. But definitely a heartbreaking, um, heartbreaking news for the Rams and Cam Akers. Obviously, I mean Akers kind of was in the doghouse at times last year, but I mean at the end of the year, this guy was absolutely breaking out. Was in clear position to be the number one back for for this Rams team and make this uh, a complete offense to go along with the top defense. You got obviously. Cooper Cup, Robert Woods on the outside, and then you just got Matthew Stafford. And to complement that, you were going to have Cam Akers, uh, an up-and-coming running back out of uh, Florida State. So definitely tough for their offense. But, um, yeah, I expect the Rams to go out and get some type of veteran veteran running back, possibly like Le'Veon Bell or uh, a Todd Gurley. Maybe maybe bring uh, Todd Gurley back to L.A. But, yeah, tough, tough break for Cam Akers. But I still think... Rams still a contender in the NFC and uh, have what it takes to win the NFC West. Yeah, you bring up a couple of things there. I'll start first by uh, saying, like, Cam Akers, man, what an unfortunate, like, turn of a, a turn of events in that sense. I mean, I had him in fantasy last year. I think I took him in, like, the fourth round. I took, took him in the fifth round. I took him and Jonathan Taylor, like, back-to-back or whatever because I had high hopes for him, obviously, putting that, that dynamic of a runner in a Sean McVay offense I thought would be a very good fit, which – in the beginning, I know he got he got hurt week two in that Philadelphia game. Then guys like Darrell Henderson, Malcolm Brown started gaining traction. Sean McVay rode the hot hand. And late in the year, Cam Akers really came into himself. I know he only finished with like 600-something like something yards, but he had that huge game on Thursday night against the Patriots. And uh, he played well in um, – Put well on the game before, uh, like it was Arizona, the Patriots, and like New England. They had like the last, th- like three of the last four weeks or whatever, and that was huge too because I mean, down the stretch, um, even going into the playoffs, he had a crazy game week, the first a week in the playoffs against Seattle when they had like John Warford go down and Jared Goff was still a little banged out, so he was able to really step in and he was really their only source of offense in that game against Green Bay. He was even taking snaps from like directly under center and Wildcat and stuff like that. So, yeah, I really thought Cam Akers was poised for a breakout year, especially when you throw in Matt Stafford, how it could have opened up even more running lanes for him. Uh, I was excited to see what he could have done. For the sake of the Rams, 
I think as much as I love Cam Akers, I don't think this is as big of a loss maybe as people think because of how replaceable like running backs unfortunately are in the NFL. And I don't think uh, the Rams offense will be hurt that much with this loss. Like I said, I think a lot of it comes down to Sean McVay scheming a lot of uh, runs up with his own scheme and stuff like that. But um, I do agree with you. I think that they are going to get a free agent out there. I think Todd Gurley honestly makes too much sense. I don't know how the relationships are with the general manager and even Sean McVay. Uh, Let's need the general manager there. You know what I mean? They did just cut the guy like last year or whatever. But technically, Todd Gurley is still under contract. I know they like bought him out. But like if he would have played out that contract, I think this would be like his second of his fourth year there. So if you want to think about it, maybe he'll come back for that. But uh, Le'Veon Bell, I really hope they don't go, go get. That would be disgusting if you ask me. Adrian Peterson, eh. No. Uh, Duke Johnson, Duke Johnson's a decent name. I think, I think he would fit well with there. Give them maybe more of a pass catcher two out of the backfield because Henderson's not too much of a pass catcher. I think he'll get first crack at everything. Obviously a former third round pick out of Memphis and with no Malcolm Brown, again, I think Duke Johnson would be a good fit on that team. But ultimately, I don't know how you feel. I don't really think this hurts their Super Bowl slash like their playoff slash Super Bowl hopes too, too much. Obviously it takes away a good playmaker in their offense, but I don't think it is an end-all, do-all. What about you? No, yeah, I definitely agree. It's just like like w- what you said. It's un- um, unfortunate, but running back is a pretty replaceable position in in the league. I mean, like good running, like great running backs. Good running backs are gonna are gonna do more, but I mean, the offensive line obviously has a lot to do with it. Like good, like a, an example was um, Le'Veon Bell, like sitting out. James Conner comes in. They didn't really miss that much of a beat maybe a little bit but not like not like Le'Veon was there they, they'd have like five more wins so yeah I don't think it hurts them that much it's not like Matt Stafford went down like your quarterback or Aaron Donald's on your defense but I, yeah unfortunate for him but I agree with you I think the Rams still should be the favorite to, to win the NFC West and that that's a tough division but I still think they should be the favorite and uh probably a top three team in the NFC still so yeah I don't think it hurts them that much just Devastating news for the, for Acres, but yeah, I still think they're a top team in the NFC. I'm with you. I think it maybe like uh, like it puts a little more now on Matthew Stafford's plate, a little bit more of a pressure. Where I'm not going to say that they weren't going to like they're going to obviously be they were going to be a balanced offense anyway, but now it's like maybe you don't have a guy that once he gets to the second level is going to make a guy miss as much. You know what I mean? Like the holes will still open up at the line of scrimmage, but you, you don't get that second gear that you could have got with Acres and potentially. Obviously, with Akers growing and getting more comfortable in the NFL, like his trajectory, you're thinking that he's going to get even that much better. Maybe put, puts him a step back on his trajectory. But hopefully Cam Akers, year three, comes back strong. Our best out to Cam Akers, an absolute dog out of Florida State. Another, like a Florida State, too. He watched well. He got like a kind of shafted there. They had a brutal offensive line, but he's a, he's a playmaker. He's he's a dog, Cam Akers. One of my guys. But uh, we wish him the best. And obviously... We kind of alluded to this in the beginning. We we saw with Cam Akers, too. We were like, oh, let's talk running backs. We sparked up our conversation. We were like, Core, why don't we draft running backs this week? So that's what we're going to do on this episode to end it off. This time we're going 10 rounds. Corey, once again, has the first overall pick. But I shouldn't be, like, making that it, like it's a favor. You know, I, like, I kind of was like, yo, Core, you want the first pick? He's like, if you don't want it, sure. So don't, don't make it seem like, oh, Core's just stealing the first pick from you. I mean, <laughs> he, he, he's being generous about it. So, Core. Uh, without further ado, take it away. Who's your first pick? Yeah, before we start this, I'm going to just be clear. This is not like a fantasy draft. So mm-hmm. 
it's like pure running back, but just like a combination of everything. It's not going to be like, I'm not going to be drafting guys thinking this is a PPR fantasy league. But yeah, first to add on to that, before, before you go into that, I'm sorry. Yeah, I should have prefaced with that. I'm very happy Corey stepped in on that. If We're, we're building teams again. If 2021, we're an expansion team. I know the Seattle Kraken in the NHL, they got their expansion draft tonight. We're an expansion team that's imaginary. The deep ball's got its own team now. We're picking guys who we want as our running backs and stuff like that. So, all right, Core, now you can take it away. Step on the stage. Yeah, I think with the, with the first pick in, uh, in, this, in this run back draft, I think I'm going to have to go with the king, Derrick Henry. I mean, this guy over the last two seasons has just been – an absolute beast. Last year had 378 rushing attempts. Guy plays 16 games. Absolute workhorse. Had over 2,000 yards, 17 touchdowns. Year before that, 16 touchdowns, over 1,500 yards. I mean, over the last two seasons, this guy has just been in a, in a league of zone. Basically, won a AP Offensive Player of the Year last year. And yeah, I expect him to continue to be a big time rusher for that team. Even um, especially after getting Julio Jones should should be able to open up a little more for Derrick Henry because you got to pay more attention to that passing game. So, yeah, the first pick, I'm going to go the king, Derrick Henry. Yeah, I think it's on. I think this is uh, definitely the safe first, um, first overall pick. I think it's the guy who should have went first. I mean, when you run for over 2,000 yards last year, unbelievable. What's so crazy about Derrick Henry, too, is that it just seems like every single season – in the second half or like specifically like the last five or six games, he just kicks into another gear come playoff time. Obviously they had that run in 2019. It was where he went crazy, but yeah, he's the heart and soul. If you ask me if Tennessee's offense as good as Ryan Tannehill is, they feed off Derrick Henry. They go off Derrick Henry in the playoffs when he got a little neutralized, their offense couldn't do anything to open anything up for him. And yeah, I mean, we scored like 17, some 17 touchdowns last year. I mean, I think yeah. he kind of like eats up on like, I mean, he goes against the Jaguars and the Texans like four times a year. I think that helps him a little bit. I mean, I honestly would love – like last year he probably ran for – in those four games, safely I'll say 700 yards. And like I don't even think – like I don't think that's exaggerating at all. I honestly might be lowballing it. So, yeah, Derrick Henry, what he can do to carry an offense, it's like kind of unseen. Like you don't really see a lot of it. He's an absolute workhorse, well-deserved first overall pick. And, yeah, I hope for the best with Derrick Henry. I think what's crazy too is that – he just got paid like uh, in the offseason of 2019. And then what? Are, how do the Titans respond? Like a lot of teams are like, oh, let's kind of like scale back a little bit on him. Let's try to like save him a little bit. The Titans go, oh, yeah, 378 carries. You could take it. I mean, now it's like 60 more than the second place guy. But hats off to Derrick Henry. Well-deserved. And let's see if he can repeat it in 2021 because, man, is he coming into himself. I mean, back-to-back years, he led the league in rushing yards. But mm-hmm. I'm – up on the clock now. We're doing a snake draft, so I have the next two. I'll make my first pick here. Core, we'll, uh, I'll say both of them, and then we'll go after that. Actually, no, I'll, we'll go one. Like I'll say my first, and then we'll react to the, off this one. I'll go with Christian McCaffrey, a guy who only played three games last year, but in those three games, still ran for over 250 yards, had six total touchdowns, and obviously we remember how dynamic McCaffrey was in 2019. In 2019, he ran for over 1,300 yards. He uh, caught 116 passes for over a thousand yards, had a total of 19 touchdowns. I mean, that's just unheard of at the running back position. Uh, he's the most elusive back in the league. He, you can't guard him with linebackers. He's that good of a route runner. If he was just a slot receiver, he'd be still a great football player. Um, 
yeah, I just I love my running backs to be well-rounded, and McCaffrey is the most well-rounded running back in the NFL when like you account for like pass catching and stuff like that. Obviously, it was a shame in 2020. Of course, I had him on my fantasy team, so of course that's why I only plays three games. But yeah, a guy who I've loved ever out of Stan ever since he was in Stanford. I remember I think it was like a sophomore year in Stanford. He was like the finalist the year that Henry the year that actually Henry won the Heisman. Uh, McCaffrey was a finalist for the Heisman. He was at an unbelievable year, ran for over like 2,000 yards. But yeah, I'll take McCaffrey with my first pick. Yeah, this is a great pick. I mean, McCaffrey's year in 2019 was absolutely ridiculous. Almost 1,400 rushing yards, and he had like over 100 catches. And I think, yeah, he got over 1,000 receiving yards. That's just that's just ridiculous. It just shows how big of a, a role he played on that offense. Yeah, obviously 2020, he was pretty injury, injury plagued. But, yeah, I mean, age 25, Christian McCaffrey, I still think definitely a top three running back in the league. If not, definitely top five. So, yeah, I think this is uh, probably the best pick available. So, yeah, good pick, uh, good pick, kid. I think, uh, yeah, McCaffrey, still top back. Yeah. Yeah, I think if I had number one, just because, too, about how big I am on, like, your running backs being able to add something to the passing game, I think that would have been uh, a decision I would have really thought about between McCaffrey and Henry. Not saying that I know Henry's a better, like, pure runner than McCaffrey, but like I said, I think what McCaffrey offers – from like a whole, like what he can do then offensively and what it opens up is crazy. And I mean, even if you think of how like in 2019, I mean, the Panthers sucked too. And he was still like, like you're like, your running back should not have that crazy of numbers when your team sucks, but it doesn't matter. Uh, with my second pick, uh, this might be a Homer pick again. I, I, I love, I love the guy. It's a shame too, that this guy also missed time in 2020. I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley, a guy who only played two games in 2020 because he tours ACL week two against the Chicago Bears, but another guy who, with a bad team, the numbers that he's put up so far in his career is unbelievable. Obviously, in 2018, he was the Offensive Rookie of the Year. He was named to a Pro Bowl. Uh, he ran for over 1,300 yards that year, caught, uh, like had over 700 yards of receiving, 15 touchdowns. 2019, he was a little banged up a little bit, still ran for over 1,000 yards. He had that crazy game against Washington, I remember, ran for like 183 and two touchdowns late in the year. But yeah, he had a tough week one against Pittsburgh. I know I think he only ran for six yards, I think, was the, to- was the total number on that. Week two, he gets hurt in, like, the second quarter, stuff like that. But, again, when you think of a guy who's elusive and explosive at the running back position, he you just, like, it's just, like, some of his runs, if you ask me, like, no, I don't honestly think any other running back could replicate. When he's able to get the edge and find a little crack, he's gone. I know that run against, like, I keep thinking of as the run against, um, Philadelphia, like week 17, it's just, it, he's so fun to watch. He's a special running back. I think sometimes maybe he's a little too patient where he should be a little more downhill. He tries to bounce things out outside, but I mean, that's been, I think, overly critical of him. Saquon Barkley, I'm hoping for the best. I know they keep saying that he's, he won't fully like commit to being back for week one. I hope he's back for week one because he makes the NFL a better, like a better league. And yeah, one of my favorite, all time favorite guys to watch. So he was a second overall pick. You can knock him for being like for the Giants chooser running back that high, but he he's worth like ta- from talent wise. He was so he's so worth the pick. You could argue value wise, but talent wise, Barkley's as talented as any player in the NFL. Now, yeah, Saquon Barkley obviously had a Penn State. He's just an elite. He was an elite prospect, and I mean I I'm, I can't complain about this pick because. I think, like, two years ago, like, after his rookie year, like, people were saying Saquon's 
the number one back in the league. I know you're a Giants fan, so obviously you got to go get your guy. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I Personally, I'm probably not taking Saquon Barkley at three, but we, got, we, all got, we all got our opinions. But, I mean, if you could replicate what he did in his uh, rookie year, I know – his second year wasn't was injury plagued a little bit last year, obviously tearing his ACL. But um, yeah, I expect this guy to come back stronger than ever. And I, I mean, this guy's legs are actually gigantic, just like speed, power, everything, elusiveness. He's just a, he's a complete running back. Even um, can get catches out of the backfield. So, like I said, I probably won't go Saquon at three, but Saquon just just such a talented back. That I mean, at three, I can't really complain about that pick. So I know. Uh, Listen, now we're we're reminiscing on him, and it's just like, man, I, we got I got robbed of watching this guy last year. Now it's making me a little pissed off, but it's making me happy, hopefully, for him back to um full strength. Yeah, you mentioned his strength too. Like I like I know now I could go on for like hours and stuff. But like when he like threw the guy off of him against like the Lions or stuff like that. I mean, it's yeah. just like. It's crazy, man. Like, a guy that quick should not be able to do that. All right, cool. I'm taking all the spotlight, though. You got picks number four and five. Take them away. I think I, I think these two are – there's two guys on the board here who I both really like. One guy I, I love that I, I don't think he's going to get back to me, and I'm going to be a little upset about that. See, man, I was not expecting this. And honestly, I probably was not going to take Saquon Barkley in this draft. I was going to let you have him. Not going to let you, but, like, I wasn't – I was playing this out in my head. But I think at this pick, this number uh, four pick, I think I'm definitely going to go with a guy who adds a little bit of versatility to my squad. See, I get Derrick Henry, probably the best pure rusher in the league. And now at number four pick, I'm going to go a guy who's very versatile, who uh, probably the best pass catcher. I'm going to say he's the best. I'm going to put him over McCaffrey, honestly. Best pass catcher out of the running back position in the league. I'm going to go Alvin Kamara out of the University of Tennessee. I mean, this guy, he, he's just a playmaker. His his workouts in the offseason are actually ridiculous. And what this guy adds to this team is just insane. I know he might not be the same. He's obviously not the same type of back as like a Derrick Henry or even like Saquon Barkley. This guy only had 187 carries in, uh, in 2020. Had 932 yards, though. So he gets a lot of yards per carry. He's just not like a pure workhorse. But I mean... This guy was just the glitch when it came to catching passes and what he could do after he makes the catch. Just his ability to um, get past defenders in open space and uh, get yards after the catch. Just something something special. So with the fourth pick, yeah, I'm taking Alvin Kamara. I don't know if you want to reflect on that, but yeah, I'll go Kamara for. Yeah, I'll move quickly on this. I think Kamara and Barkley, if you ask me, that was something that if Saquon Barkley's probably not on the Giants, I'm going Alvin Kamara. Uh, got 21 touchdowns last year, like you said. I think him and McCaffrey, you could debate all you want who's the better pass catcher out of the backfield. I think it obviously helped him maybe playing in a system with New Orleans. I'd love to see how he thrives without in life after Drew Brees. I don't think it'll be too crazy of an adjustment, but it will be in, in some sort of sense. But, yeah, I mean, the guy's made a Pro Bowl every year, too. He's been in the league. He's a former uh, – he was the All-Pro, I think, two years ago, I want to say. But uh, he's – like, he's unbelievable. Or he was a pro, he was an All-Pro, excuse me, last year, actually. He was an AP All-Pro. He made the second team. Uh, Derek Henry was on the first team. But, yeah, Alvin Kamara, unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> you can take your fifth pick. See, now this is where you, you leave me between two guys because, like, I know you know who I want. 
but like I, I don't think I could take him over this guy. So, damn it, man, you're gonna get the guy that I wanted. But you know, I guess at the fifth pick, me and this guy probably get some bad blood because you know I trade this guy in fantasy for an absolute bag of chips. So I mean, I guess at the fifth pick, leaving me two guys. I want them both. Honestly. I want the other guy, but this guy just thinks better. So, you know, fifth pick, we'll have to go Dalvin Cook from the from the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, this guy this year was basically healthy the whole season, and he just proved, like, when he's healthy, he, he's just a top pure runner in the league. The guy's problem when he's been – I know he, can't, he tore his uh, ACL, I think, his rookie year, and his problem has never been his, his like, talent and production. It's been staying healthy. Guy played 14 games this season and had over 1,500 rushing yards. Like that's just crazy. And um, on this offense, he's just such a such a crucial piece. I know they got weapons on the outside with uh, Jefferson and Adam Thielen, but this guy Dalvin Cook, he um he makes this team go. So another running back out of Florida State, I'm gonna go Dalvin Cook at uh at number five. Yeah, Dalvin Cook, great pick here. I think he had to be the pick. I think he's uh the clear cut best guy that was left. Like you mentioned, he was unbelievable this past year. And what's also crazy is, like I said, like Minnesota was like losing in all their games this year. They're playing catch up. And for Cook to still have that crazy of numbers, just a testament to how good he is. Uh, and yeah, I mean, not much more to say that you didn't cover on that. Uh, it makes me regret not taking Kamara at three because I think I could have, I think you would have taken Cook and then the guy that I'm about to take and I could have gotten Kamara, Barkley, and McCaffrey. I'm a little pissed off about that right now. But it's all right because at the number six overall pick, I'll take a guy who I always thought was a little overrated. Maybe I thought maybe oh, he's a like maybe the backup on this team is better than him. But let me tell you something. Watching Nick Chubb like like progressing like through the year, I'm just like, this guy is an absolute pure runner. He's unbelievable. Again, his vision is so good. He's a guy who can run right through you. Uh had over a thousand yards last year in only twelve games. Two years ago, he had almost fifteen hundred yards. Nick Chubb. Another guy who tours ACL in Georgia uh, has really recovered. And like I said, playing behind a great offensive line last year in Cleveland, he really showed why he's one of the most talented backs in the league, and he will continue to do that. I think Cleveland's a great spot for him. And, yeah, I'll take Chubb with Kevin Stefanski calling up plays to have another big year this year. So that's my pick. Yeah, man, like I really wanted to have Nick Chubb on my my team, but I I just couldn't take him over Dalvin. But, yeah, Nick Chubb's absolute problem. I remember I watched this guy against like the Eagles. It was like a really yes. like a rainy, rainy game. This guy was just that's the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, nah, he was just like I don't even know. Like he's just juking everybody out. And he's just such, he's such a strong guy. So I mean, his I think he's the clear cut best running back on that team. I mean, Kareem Hunt, obviously another good back, but I think Chubb is the guy in that team. He he's he's a guy. I think if he was given the volume of a guy. I think he could handle the volume. All right, maybe not like Derrick Henry, but he, I think he could take like a 300-carry season. But, I mean, he, he shares a little bit of carries with um, Kareem Hunt. But, I, yeah, Nick Chubb just out of Georgia, just he's just a problem. I mean, I don't know what else to say. Just, yeah, the guy's an absolute beast. And, uh, yeah, I expect him to dominate again in 2021. Yeah, no doubt. And that brings me up to the seventh pick of the draft. And I'm at a crossroad here, I think. Uh, the way that at least my rankings are right now, I think the top eight, I think there's a big, like, uh, there's a little bit of a dip off from eight to nine, if you ask me. I think, like, you get from nine, 10, 11, it becomes a little more subjective. 
So I'm thinking of which two guys I, out of these two guys, which one I want to take. And uh, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to be resentful Peo. Why not? I'm going to go with Aaron Jones here at pick number seven. Aaron Jones, another guy who I think kind of like maybe flies under the radar at the running back position. But I mean, in 2019 at 16 touchdowns on the ground, another three in the air. This past year, he had nine touchdowns, over 1,100 yards this year. Uh, yeah, a guy who's been a vital part of Green Bay's success over the past two years. I think maybe, again, he gets overshadowed because Aaron Rodgers is there, and obviously. But in 2019, if this guy was an absolute machine. I know he's always in the end zone. Rodgers, obviously, the 2020 MVP year. But, yeah, I think Aaron Jones, another guy who's quick, get, get him on the edge and have fun trying to stop him. I didn't really love him returning back to Green Bay. I would have loved to see Aaron Jones in Miami and maybe get more of a feature role. I don't love how they brought in A.J. Dillon. Um, I think that's obviously going to take away from maybe his numbers. I, even they kind of did last year, him and Jamal, like Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon kind of take away from his numbers a little bit. But from an efficiency stand, from an efficiency standpoint, excuse me, Aaron Jones is – one of the best out there. So, yeah, I'll go with Jones right now at, at this pick. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Jones, kind of a, a touchdown machine, at least in, the, in 2019, last year, got some taken away. I mean, I had Aaron Rodgers on my team. This guy, Rodgers, just loves throwing, like, Tanya and the ball or Devontae Adams at the one-yard line. But now Aaron Jones, I think, on that, like, that's another guy. Like, on this, on the Packers team, he's probably – not asked to do – no, obviously he's a big part of the offense, but, I mean, Aaron Rodgers on that team, he's not – Aaron Jones isn't the face of that offense like other running backs. So, Aaron Jones, I think he's a little bit underrated. I think definitely a top 10 back in the league. And, uh, yeah, good to see him back on Green Bay. So, yeah, I think Aaron Jones, he, he could do it all. He could run. He's really good at catching out of the backfield. So, yeah, I like this pick. At, uh, what is this, number seven? Yeah. Number seven, yep. Seven, yeah, I like, I like the pick, so yeah, solid pick. You got eight and nine, and uh, I, I, this one guy's not getting back to me, but I'll, I'll get to him when you pick him. I don't Take think you – yeah, you probably don't like the guy, but I mean, I'm going to give the guy a, a little bit of a pass for last season. I mean, that offense, you know, your quarterback goes down, and it was just a disaster. Um, I'm not saying this guy has been like, I know he's better than what he's been doing and he's kind of been on the decline a little bit, but I, I expect him with, um, Dak Prescott back. I expect, uh, this guy to have a, a really good bounce back season. So I'll go with the eighth pick. I just think I got to take him. I'll go Ezekiel Elliott out of, uh, Ohio state. I just think he's just, I mean, he's not, I wouldn't say he's the fastest guy. But, I mean, he's just a strong guy. Um, he's usually behind a solid old line. So, I think I expect Zeke to have a bounce back year, just his ability in uh, in space to just just make plays for that team. He, he could also catch balls out of, the, out of the backfield. He's not just a pure runner. So, I think, like, his versatility also makes him a top back. So, yeah, eighth pick, I'll go Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, Zeke, downhill runner. Uh, listen, Ezekiel Elliott's a good running back. There's no doubt about it. Uh, obviously, I think maybe his stock has been down a, a, over the past couple of years. 2019, he had a big year, uh, ran for 1,300 yard, 1350 yards, and it's like it's not even what's call called. Not even like one of his top seasons seasons in his career. Last year, not the like not a healthy O line, uh, not an ideal quarterback situation. Didn't even run for a thousand yards. Uh, half of this 
Cowboys, half of this. I mean, I've had the guy in fantasy now twice, and I, I had him. I had him back to back years actually. I'm like 2019, and his numbers were good in 2019, but like I needed him a couple weeks, and he just didn't show up. Last year for me, absolutely killed me in my league. So I had like my third, fourth, fifth, sixth round picks were unbelievable. My first two, I absolutely botched, and Zeke obviously being my first overall pick. So I don't think we've uh, what's it called? I don't think we've uh, been a uh, like. We haven't recovered. I haven't recovered from it yet. We're not. We're, we're not on talking terms yet, me and Zeke. So uh, that's why I think I passed them up like there. But fair, fair, fair this enough. This pick, I think. Um, you got your next one. Yeah, I think this picks where it uh, becomes a little tougher. It can go several different ways. But I think with the number uh, nine pick, I'm just saying. Yeah, this is not fantasy uh, standpoint, but I think this guy as a pure runner. Is um a top ten back in the league, so I'm gonna go Josh Jacobs from the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. I um I don't know at Alabama he was a problem at Alabama's rookie year. I thought he was a little better than he was in his uh in his second year, but I think this guy Jacobs is just a talented running back, first round pick. He uh kind of evolved a little more into the passing game this uh this season. He I wouldn't say the guy, you know, he had, I think he rushed for a little under four yards per carry. So didn't, didn't really run great, but I don't know. I just still think this guy ability also to be involved in the running game and the passing game. I know in the beginning, this guy was getting a lot of carries per game. So yeah, I expect this guy, he might take a drop back because they added another, uh, another running back in Kenyon Drake, but I still think like, if we're going off pure runners, pure running backs in the league, I'll, I'll take this guy in the top ten any day. So, yeah, I'll go Josh Jacobs at number nine. Yeah, if this makes you feel better, Josh Jacobs would have been one of the two that I'd selected. So, I think that's a good pick from you. Yeah, guy still did make the Pro Bowl last year. I know he got off to a real good start. I think he had, like, three touchdowns week one against Carolina. But, yeah, mm-hmm. ran for over 1,000 yards this past year. Um, maybe the efficiency dropped a little bit. But, again, another guy who can, like, who gets, like, a lot of carries. You know what I mean? He kind of is, like – that workhorse-esque back, if you want to say. Obviously, the Raiders are a run-centric team, so that makes sense. Bringing Kenyon Drake might hurt his numbers a little bit, but who knows? Maybe it could help his efficiency at that point. But, yeah, I, I like Josh Jacobs. Great running back. Definitely think he's worthy of that pick. Uh, back-to-back picks here. Definitely a little unsure on the direction I want to go. Um, but you know what? I'm going to go with two young bucks right now. I think i, I got to go bold right now. I don't think my team necessarily will stand out on paper. I think that my team is like maybe lacks the names. Like if you want to say like their strength, like the strength of their names, isn't maybe as strong as yours, but I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor as my first pick right here as the 10th overall pick. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, a guy who gets, I'm not like, he doesn't get enough care. He didn't get enough carries in the beginning of last year with Naheem Hines there. I know um, Jordan Wilkins was there as well. Marlon Mack goes down in week one too. So that was another guy who could have potentially taken away carries from him. Definitely maybe took him a little, a while to get accustomed into this, but I mean, down the stretch, this guy, Jonathan Taylor ran wild, finished third in the league with over 1,150 yards, 11 touchdowns, not the greatest receiver coming out of Wisconsin, was, excuse me, Wisconsin, but uh, I mean, he had 36 catches last year. Maybe you hope that he, he becomes a little bit more of a vital part in that, like in that part of their offense, but I mean, it doesn't really need to be, you know what I mean? They have Naheem Hines there to do that. So I'm banking on Jonathan Taylor to take another big step forward, especially with Carson Wentz under center. 
And yeah, I think he's a, I think he's just another guy who could be a workhorse back and be top three every year and carries for the foreseeable future. A guy who's again with his size, he should not be that fast. He runs downhill. And yeah, I'm, I'll take Jonathan Taylor here with my first one. Yeah, I mean, this is um, like you said, I I respect you're taking these guys who probably on paper might be putting up better stats. Obviously, like my guys probably have bigger names right now. But yeah, Jonathan Taylor, I um. I wouldn't say he was like Cam Akers because this guy definitely got more work involved. But he went through a stretch in that like last season where he was just like, you didn't even know if it was his backfield. You're like, is it Naeem Hines' backfield? Is it his backfield? But then towards the uh, towards the end of the season, this guy started to uh, evolve and take over that backfield. I know he had like a crazy touchdown run against the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. So I loved watching Jonathan Taylor at Wisconsin. I thought he was just a great back. He was abs- definitely was a workhorse in uh, with the. With the, with, with the Badgers, so yeah, I think if this is Jonathan Jonathan Taylor's backfield, I, I think he could take twenty plus carries a game and uh, be able to be a like a real difference maker for this uh, this Colts team who has some high expectations. So yeah, tenth pick, I uh, I like this pick. I think Taylor poised for um, a breakout season in the second year. So yeah, I like to pick. And a number, this is number 11. I think this is kind of a little bit another, I think this is kind of a reach, but I'm going to go for it anyway. I'm going to take a rookie, the first rookie that I believe has been selected so far. I'm going to take Najee Harris out of Alabama. He's walking into Pittsburgh, which is a perfect spot right now to be a running back because Pittsburgh is a competitive team with a championship window closing, not a great quarterback. So they are going to feed Najee Harris early and often. Obviously, at Alabama, his career was unbelievable, had 46 total rushing touchdowns. Just this past season at Alabama, ran for over 1,400 yards, 26 touchdowns, added four more touchdowns in the air, became a lot better of a pass catcher, probably would have been a first-round pick in 2019, goes back to school, wins a national championship, finishes on a high note, finishes second in the Heisman, and becomes a Pittsburgh Steeler. And like I said, it's a perfect spot for Najee Harris to be in. It's power Again, speed and power, the combination. The guy's hurtling over defenders in college. I'm very excited to see what Najee Harris can do uh, in the NFL. And obviously, a guy who's been in the spotlight. We've always mentioned this, like in high school, how crazy his highlight tape used to be. Obviously, them walking onto Bama's campus. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go with Najee Harris here. And I think, I think it, it's a bold pick, but I think you kind of, uh, what's one? I think I might have stolen from you. So, I like that. Nah, yeah, you definitely stole Najee Harris because when I, if I was getting up next, there was like zero down my mind that that I was selecting um, Najee Harris. Like that guy was bound to be on my roster, but I mean, I guess you steal my you steal my guy. So yeah, I, I think watching this guy at Alabama just from an eye test, just like there, I I can't see how this guy is not a good running back in the NFL. And if he does, I mean, maybe he's the next. Trent Richardson, but don't I, say that. No, 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 right, no, not, no, no, no. He'll, he'll definitely be good. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really confident that Najee Harris will not be a bust. Yeah, no, I expect Najee Harris to, um, to be that piece that the the Pittsburgh Steelers have been looking for in the running game. No respect to James Conner, but I think Najee Harris just a whole different, uh, whole different beast. So yeah, his ability in the pass catching game. And his ability to just run like like yeah, hurdling guys against Notre Dame like that was just crazy. He, speed, power, everything. He's just, I think he's just a great back. So yeah, I like this. I love this pick honestly with uh, Najee Harris at number what is this 
11? 11. 11? Yep. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to lie, you, you took my guy at number 12. So, I mean, th- this is a tough pick here. And if there's a guy I really don't want to pick, you, you might know who I'm talking about. Like, this guy just, just didn't play a lot of games in 2020. <laughs> Nah, nah, I'm gonna pass on him. I'm gonna go to an absolute dog. I mean, he he. I think this guy is an absolute dog. The guy battles injuries. That's his only problem. But when he's on the field, like you know what you're gonna get from him. I'm gonna go with me, Chris Carson from Seattle Seahawks. I, I just love watching this guy play. I don't think there's many guys in the league that run harder than this guy. And uh, yeah, I think he just runs so hard. And he's just to like a tough player that sometimes he uh he's got to battle some injuries and i mean 2018 2019 this guy was over 1100 yards in both seasons last year did not get as much uh work on the ground i think he, he only had like six, yeah 681 yards but his pe- yards per carry was still pretty solid i think he was pretty yeah, he's pretty involved in the passing game with russell wilson at quarterback i think chris carson if he could stay healthy I think uh, I think he's a he's a really good back in this league. Just um, a good story. I know he's a late round pick, sixth or seventh rounder. I'm not sure. I could be wrong. So yeah, I'll go I'll go Chris Carson with the 12th pick. Chris Carson's a good pick here. I mean, maybe not a guy necessarily like you look at and you're like, oh, this guy's like a real, like like the, he doesn't maybe pass the eye test, but I mean, he puts up numbers. And for a Seattle team that's obviously been real good the past couple of years, they were really run centric in 2019. Uh, runs for over 1,200 yards. So, yeah, I like Chris Carson. I think it was a good pick. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and then, uh, see, this is where it gets a little tough. I mean, nah, I'm going to leave this guy that I just said before. You, you could take him next if you want, but, you know. <laughs> um, I'm going to take this guy. I think this guy is another, like, I'm, I'm not going to say he's Alvin Kamara. He's definitely not Alvin Kamara, but, like, too, he, he's very involved in the passing game. He uh, got hurt last year, but I expect this guy to be able to, if he stays healthy, be involved in the pass and running game. I'll take Austin Eckler um, on the Los Angeles Chargers. This is a guy that's been, I'm not going to say it, but yeah, like fantasy-wise, this guy is always like a top player. When he plays, he's always putting up numbers, but I'm not even going from fantasy. It translates a little bit. I mean, this guy's ability to make plays after the catch and just get catches, and I mean, he hasn't really shown that much on the ground, but his yards per carry in his career is over four and a half yards, so I'll take Austin Eckler here with no one strictly sticking out in my mind. I think Austin Eckler's a solid pick here. I'll take him at 13. Yeah, I agree. Austin Eckler's a, uh, what's one, very versatile back, obviously, big playability, uh, 2019, when Melvin Gordon was still there, I mean, the guy had 92 catches still for almost a, just under 1,000 yards, eight touchdowns. This past year, he misses six games where he still has 54 catches. Um, maybe not like the best from a pure running standpoint, but again, that whole position of what he adds to the passing game, he's unbelievable. So, yeah, I think Austin Eckler is a, a solid pick right here. Uh, I'm going to make both my picks right now, and then we'll comment off them. Uh, both guys who necessarily maybe I didn't think were getting back to me. I thought one of them for sure would get stolen. Uh, my first pick, I'll go Miles Sanders, guy out of Penn State who dealt with a little bit of injuries last year, only 860 yards. Um, never really took off, but again, I think that more contributes to Philadelphia's offense not being great. I don't know why they didn't uh, 
given more touches than that. You feed Miles Sanders, right? But yeah, another guy, second round pick, another guy who's very elusive, can add to that in the passing game. And yeah, maybe a guy who I'm just hoping takes another step, a big step forward in year three that a lot of people maybe thought was going to happen last year. But I think year three, he could take that next step. And my next pick uh, will be Joe Mixon, a guy who just got paid a couple of years ago by the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, 2019, uh, when the Bengals were the worst team in the NFL, he still ran for over 1,100 yards. The touchdowns maybe not were there. 2020, I think he only played like the first five or six games. He had a big game against Jacksonville, but that was really it. Uh, another guy, elusive, hits the hole, full head of steam, and yeah, super talented out of Oklahoma. He was really a second-round pick, but it was only because of his off-the-field issues and stuff like that. With Joe Burrow coming back, obviously they added Jamar Chase as well. I think that just opens up more for Joe Mixon. I think maybe his best days are ahead of him at the running back position. Hopefully he could uh, stay healthy. And, yeah, I think this is his best chance kind of to succeed. I think it's so it's so hard for running backs to, like, put up crazy numbers when, one, their team is just constantly down, and, two, teams are loading eight guys in the box. Like, sometimes you got to have realistic expectations for the cards you're dealt. So I think this year – is kind of Mixon's like it's a perfect it his at least his best opportunity he's going to get so far in the NFL to succeed so yeah I'm hoping for the best for him. Hey, I'll start with Miles Sanders. That's a guy I really uh kind of flown under the radar. I didn't even think of taking that guy, but yeah, uh, when I watch that guy, definitely he, he's really really elusive in um, his ability to get by defenders in um in the space open space. I think pretty impressive, like you said. He really didn't get fed that much. I mean, on that team, they were either losing or Carson Wentz was just not throwing good. And that offensive line was was really bad, too. But, I mean, he still had over five yards per carry. So, Miles Sanders, definitely a good pick in that situation. Then Mixon, I mean, I don't know why. Like, this guy is just, for some reason, I wouldn't say he's a meme because, like, I think he's a talented back, obviously, at Oklahoma. It's because I, I went on a hill that year, man, and I said that Joe Mixon yeah, would have why. a great year and stuff like that, which I just don't want to get it on the record. He was a top 10 running back. He was the number 10 ranked running back in fantasy. He had a great week 17 that put him into it, but still, <laughs> by points wise. But, they, but, but to be honest, to be honest, he didn't play as good as I thought that year. So you know, I'll give him that. Mixon had a lot of uh, a lot of garbage time late in the season type, type numbers that season. But, I mean, hey, he still got his numbers. But yeah, Joe Mixon, he's it's tough for him in that offense. I mean, now they got Joe Burrow and the solid uh, solid weapons on the outside should be able to open up a little bit for him. But I mean, the pass this guy was just like the Bengals were pretty bad, had no offensive line, just tough for him to uh, do much in that situation. But I still think yeah, I think he's a talented back. I think he's got to have a good season this season. I don't know about his contract extension or anything. I don't know if it's like a contract year. I'm not sure. But, yeah, I definitely think uh, Joe Mixon, definitely talented back, second-round pick at Oklahoma. I think with that pick and the other backs available, I think uh, it's a good pick for you. And now I'm up. And what pick? This is the – I keep forgetting, man. What is this, like 15? No. You are going on to 16-17. Uh, 16-17. All right. See, I mean, this is where it's getting a little tough. But, you know, I'm going to – I don't know. This is tough. All right, 16th pick. All right, so I got 16, 17, 18. Well, so you're I got gonna have, you're gonna have three more. Picks. You're gonna yeah, have these back to back, and then you'll finish it yeah, off. All right, all right, with this pick, I'm gonna go a, a guy who was a rookie last year on the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. I think 
he 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 was starting off good as a rusher, and then he got hurt, and I don't know really what happened. But I still think this guy, obviously at LSU, was a dynamic playmaker. Not the biggest guy, but I mean, just Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I mean, he he started off really good last year, especially in the running game. I don't think he got many touchdowns. That's the only thing. But I mean, he he was picking up a lot of yards, and it was like. He, a leader in yards early in the year. So, yeah, with the 16th pick, I'll go Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He, obviously, at LSU was, a, was an absolute monster. He's only five foot eight, kind. I'm not going to compare him to Maurice Jones-Drew, but I think of him like a kind of similar type. But this guy could also get involved in the passing game. So I, I like this pick here, the 16th pick. I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has a, I wouldn't say had a bad year as a rookie, but I expect him to definitely take a step up with this um, Chiefs offense. I think he'll uh, be able to elevate his game. So, yeah, I'll take him the 16th pick. You want me to say the next one? Yeah, yeah, yeah you go next, right. and then I'll, I'll recap you too. Okay. Um, see, this one's pretty tough. Also, this one is getting a little hard. I mean, I'll take another rookie from last year. I think this guy was uh, – I know Payo's probably thinking I'm taking this other guy, but you know I'm not gonna take the guy who who I've been like talking about. I'm gonna take this guy. I think this he was a monster at Ohio State. I think um, obviously no Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram didn't do, do anything last year, but I think it's his backfield. He might not get like the touchdowns or, or stuff like that because uh, Lamar obviously gonna steal a lot of stuff like, like a lot of touchdowns and Lamar. Obviously, that's to run heavy offense. He's running a lot too. But I think J.K. Dobbins, when you watch him, he's just a uh, he's a powerful runner. He had over 800 yards last year, and he really didn't have many carries. So six, he had six yards per carry. And I think Dobbins is set to take a leap. Also, I also like Clyde Aguilar. So I'll take J.K. Dobbins here with the uh, 17th pick. Yeah, two young bucks guys who have upside. You hope that they'll have. Uh, better 2021 seasons than maybe they had in 2020. I'll start with Edwards Lair first. Probably overshadowed in Kansas City with all those weapons that they have. But yeah, another all-around back who's so good in the passing game. Don't necessarily think he's the best running back in his class. I think Jonathan Taylor, a lot of people will tell you still, is the more like is the more talented guy. But for the fit, I thought it's definitely perfect. And yeah, I hope he maybe plays more of a vital role. Maybe with I know Sammy Watkins didn't really do much, but you're losing Sammy Watkins, so hopefully uh he could take some of his production, I guess, all of his 10 catches that he probably had. But, yeah, don't, didn't really get in the end zone a ton. Maybe that's something that hopefully gets better, too, at the end. But Dobbins, I like. Dobbins is a high upside pick, especially playing in Baltimore in that high-volume running offense with uh, Mark Ingram now officially gone. I know he really didn't do anything, as you said. But I'd love to see him maybe take more of a role in Gus, uh, Gus Edwards, excuse me, take a step back. I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Gus Edwards. I don't think he brings a lot of value. But, yeah, Dobbins still nine touchdowns in limited work. So I think Dobbins is a good pick. I'm expecting uh, a nice second year from Dobbins, maybe gets uh, more acclimated into the NFL. Uh, I have two more picks. Um, I'll go my first guy first. I'll go with Kareem Hunt, a former Kansas City Chief. I think he's an unbelievable talent. I think that Kareem Hunt should be a start, would be a starting running back on almost half the teams in the NFL. He's very elusive. He's a good pass catcher out of the backfield. Last year, as a backup, I know he started some games. He still ran for over 800 yards, six touchdowns, 38 catches, and five touchdowns. So, I mean, the production's kind of there. Obviously, again, he plays in a good offense with a good offensive line. 
But yeah, I just think the talent maybe is a little too much for me to pass up on Kareem Hunt when I look at the rest of my board. And my 20th pick, 19. I'm passing up one guy who I really, really like right now. But I'm going to go with Melvin Gordon here. I think Melvin Gordon, maybe his best days are behind him. Obviously, he was so good for the Chargers, free agent who signed with the Denver Broncos this past season. But Gordon still had almost 1,000 yards last year, 10 total touchdowns. And again, a team that wasn't very good, a team that uh, didn't have a great quarterback, so a lot of pressure was on him. But yeah, maybe, I know 2019 too, he like had that holdout situation. So it, like I, I don't want to say that's like a wash year for him, but like he didn't have he didn't have a Melvin Gordon esque year. I know 2018 he was unbelievable. But yeah, I'm hoping Melvin Gordon maybe um rebounds a little bit last year this year. I'm a little worried about Javante Williams and how they plan on using him. But I think if you get Melvin Gordon a better quarterback, like maybe I know Teddy Bridgewater might be back there this year. Maybe that could help him with some dump offs. I don't know. Hopefully, I mean, if the, if Aaron Rodgers is available and Aaron Rodgers comes to Denver, I would love Melvin. Melvin Gordon's stock would be up if you ask me. But yeah, I'll go with Melvin Gordon here. I think that again, maybe his recognition and his name is uh, still drawing me onto him. But I still think he's got some good years left in him. I mean, he's uh, he drafted in 2015. He's still pretty young. No, yeah, I'm gonna start with Kareem Hunt, man. I I left. I don't know how I left this guy on the board. Like this guy, obviously from a talent standpoint, when he was on the Chiefs. He he was probably a top a top back in the league, and he probably still he probably still could be. He's just in a backfield with another like top five, top six running back in the league. So me leaving Kareem Hunt on the board. I mean my uh, my team with with the draft board with the draft guys are kind of kind of hitting themselves in the face leaving that guy on the board. But yeah, I mean it's a good pick for you. Definitely at the uh, 18th pick, and then 19 Melvin Gordon obviously. I think he's a little different in his prime. I mean, he is still pretty young, but yeah, his prime on the uh, on the Los Angeles Chargers, he was just so dynamic in in both phases in the in the running and passing game. I think on this team, uh, I know I think he almost had a th- yeah, he almost had a thousand yards last year. Obviously, they just got Javante Williams from uh, UNC, but I think. Um, yeah, I think Malcolm Gordon still got something left in the tank. I expect him if he gets the, a lot of touches this year to have a productive season. So I think that's another another uh, big name. I see you're trying to um, maybe bolster bolster your name your name guys mm-hmm. your late 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 round, which uh, I kind of like. So I mean, obviously they're more than name guys, but yeah, those two guys I think are uh, good picks. And now I got the twentieth pick. And I'm between like three guys. I I mean, some guys are gonna get snubbed from this, and it's tough. But see, this is just tough. I mean, I mean, you can go through your process right now if you really want to see rattle off these names. They're gonna get mentioned anyway. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm stealing them. I know. I, I could what I could say the guys, the three guys who I'm between. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm right, between. Raheem Mostert, DeAndre Swift, and Antonio Gibson. And see, this is tough, man. Like, you want to make a good last pick. I, I, just because I've, I've been I've been gassing this guy pay for like three days, I'll take DeAndre Swift here with the uh, Detroit Lions out of Georgia. A uh, run, running back you kind of. Probably, probably not, but like, yeah, they're a good running back school. So I'll take DeAndre Swift here. Um, I take three straight guys from last year's uh, running back class. So hopefully these guys all 
take a step forwards. I know at least one of them, two of them are gonna. But yeah, DeAndre Swift, he's another guy very involved in the passing game, and only, he didn't really get that much work in the running game. I don't know how much he's gonna get this year. I mean, they just signed Jamal Williams, who also is a similar type back, more of a receiving back. So I think I think Swift, obviously no Adrian Peterson. I think Swift takes a uh, he he takes like a step up in 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 his rushes. But I still think he stays involved in the passing game, and I expect Swift to uh, to elevate his game, just like uh, I take Clyde and J.K. Dobbins. I think all three of those guys are going to take step forwards in a 2021. So I hate to leave out Antonio Gibson and Raheem Mostert because I think both those guys are worthy of uh, of being on my team. But you know, as as a GM, it's tough sometimes. You gotta there's going to be guys you like, but you only get to take one of them. So yeah, I'll take. Take my guy DeAndre Swift. Yeah, like, I like Swift. Swift is a good pick all around back. Um, quick. Uh, he had a tough drop though last year in one of the games in the end zone that would have that lost the Lions a game. That was kind of tough. But yeah, I think I expect him to take a big role this year in Detroit. Um, I agree with you though. Me passing up Raheem Mozart and Melvin Gordon was strictly trying to get a bigger name on the board. I think Raheem Mozart's a better running back personally than Melvin Gordon. I think he goes way underrated because. Uh, one, he's, he was banged up a lot last year, but two, they were on a committee in San Francisco and they just don't let him run wild. His efficiency is unbelievable. His yards per carry is very good. He steps up in the playoffs, what he did to the Packers defense that year. And people could say, oh, it's scheme. Oh, it's this and that. But at the end of the day, the running back deserves some of the credit. He's actually running the ball and putting the ball in the end zone. So yeah, Mozart, if you actually is the best guy that didn't get drafted. Um, Cam Akers, we did mention. I know, I know he kind of just falls short. I think what he did, obviously, in the postseason, as we mentioned, definitely bolstered his stock. Um, I think he could have been drafted, but maybe uh, a guy who uh, uh, overlooked a little bit. And uh, one, uh, two more honorable mentions I'll give. Leonard Fournette, a guy who I don't th- think did enough last year in the regular season, but come down uh, down the stretch and into the postseason. Playoff Lenny was a big part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Super Bowl run. So, Obviously, he has a big pedigree, too. He was a former fourth overall pick in 2017. My last guy I'll mention, I'll mention David Montgomery, guy who isn't crazy flashy, but for but for a Bears offense that was kind of stagnant, did give them a little bit a couple weeks and definitely um helped them. I think he had over 1,000 yards still last year. Even, I mean, he's kind of like, I don't want to say he's like a workhorse back, but like at the same time, the guy got almost 250 carries, which was like re- looking real quick. It was like fourth, fifth in the he was third in the league or something like that. So he kind of is a workhorse back. They don't really have anybody back there with Tariq Cohen going down. So, yeah, those are my honorable mentions. Now you mentioned Antonio Gibson. You got anybody else you kind of want to give a quick shout-out to? Yeah, first of all, I was going to say I, I like uh, I like David Montgomery. I know he got a lot of uh, slander in our fantasy league. But, yeah, the guy is a workhorse. That's not a, that's not a dynamic offense by any means. So I think his job's harder like his carries give him four and yeah i mean antonio gibson i know you said and i'll give one more guy a shout out we didn't really uh i mean i didn't take him but like mike davis was absolutely he was balling out from uh for for, for like a decent amount of time before he kind of hit the he kind of hit the wall a little bit on um on carolina when christian mccaffrey was down but i think him going to atlanta i think he's from the atlanta georgia area he should be able to uh, ball out in that offense, especially Todd Gurley, Don. I think uh, 
think he's got to be the lead back in that in that offense. So I think Mike Davis mm-hmm. could uh, sneak into the honorable mention. So I'll give him a shout out. Yeah. Yeah, I think Mike Davis is going to have a big year. I think Mike Davis is a good underrated pick, too, in fantasy because of what he brings from a receiving standpoint. Uh, I'll give a couple more guys. We won't really discuss them, but then I'll wrap it up real quick. Uh, Travis Etienne, uh, obviously the rookie in Jacksonville. His his backfield mate, James Robinson, who was an undrafted rookie who ran for over 1,000 yards last year. Miles Gaskin in Miami kind of came out of nowhere and gave them a good year. I thought maybe he deserves a shout. Uh, A former Cardinal in Kenyon Drake and – a new Cardinal in James Conner. Both of those guys, I think uh, their best days are behind them, but I thought I'd still give them a mention. But that's going to do it for today's episode. Like I said kind of earlier in the episode, our next one, we'll be sure to draft like a whole defense. Uh, I haven't really specified the rules yet for all that, how we're going to build our defense, but I'm definitely looking forward to that. I think you'll be able to hear some uh, like creativity from our standpoint and kind of uh, where we're thinking on what defenses we want to play and stuff like that. But yeah, that's going to do it. Take care, everybody. Have a good one.